on today's show. What will Anthony Black bring to the Mavericks if the Mavericks take him at 10? Should they? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everydayer, subscribe or follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. The best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section, who would you take over Anthony Black if he was there at 10 for the Mavs? Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. And also, if you want to support the show, get text alerts from us, text us, uh, talk to us about the Mavericks. Click the link in the description below to subscribe to our subtext, help support the show. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com, the Stay Mellow Fellow, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Uh, well, speaking of Mavs assistants, Carmelo Anthony uh, next year. Let's go. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, Melo might be on the bench, but <laughs> just a, a huge shout out to the Denver Nuggets for doing the Lord's work, putting out, <laughs> ending this LeBron Lakers crap. Um, I just so happy for Jokic and... You I say this crap like like somebody had like there was a conspiracy to get them back in as if you think that the NBA is rigged in some way. I mean, I just think of Killmonger just saying it's like, is, is this your king? Like, is this your king? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I'm excited for the Nuggets. Super happy for their yeah. fan base and Jokic, Jamal Murray's journey back. It's a lot of fun. Um, and here we are. We're about to you know, fire back up the uh, 24 hours until Wendy's talking about Kyrie for Anthony Davis. So uh, <laughs> get ready for go. that one. Here we go again. We're back on it. Yeah, so, but today's show, we're going to do a draft profile on Anthony Black. We do these every year. We do a whole episode talking about who is Anthony Black, what are his strengths, weaknesses, uh, what would his availability be, will he be available for the Mavericks, and then how he would fit. Let's imagine that he gets drafted to the Mavericks. How would he fit on the Mavs and uh, and all that? And then we'll end with why should the Mavs take him, why shouldn't the Mavs take him, so we'll do that. But before we do, let's get into... Uh, a rumor. I didn't get to, I didn't do this yesterday. I held off because I know some people hate it, but Mark Stein reports that Dallas is regarded as the favorite to land Frank Vogel in the event that Vogel begins to consider assistant coaching positions for next season. Vogel and Mavs assistant or Mavs coach Jason Kidd became close when Kidd served as an assistant under Vogel for two seasons with the Lakers, which included LA's run to the actual real championship in October, 2020 in the, the bubble in October. No, <laughs> I was like, did they really write that? <laughs> no, I just I just wanted to see your face when I said that. Uh, but Real. thoughts on Frank Vogel be, being the, the Mavs assistant and also thoughts on the Mavericks waiting for Frank Vogel because there's some other coaches out there. Yeah, I mean, when this when the report first dropped that Dallas is looking at an experienced uh, previous head coach to the bench alongside Jason Kidd, uh, St. Jean was let go. Um, you know, our first podcast after that, Frank Vogel's the first name we talked about. For sure. Um, 
as soon as we we texted, I text you right back. I was like Frank Vogel, and <laughs> there's just there's there's a lot of fans of Vogel in the organization. Obviously, Jason Kidd has a has a um, relationship uh, with him. He obviously wants to be a head coach because he's <laughs> he's been a good head coach in this league. Uh, there's so much stuff of his defense that they are trying to tie in. I've referenced um, the story I did with Jared Dudley back, you know, whenever we could be at practice. Uh, and I remember sitting with Dudley after a practice and we're sitting there watching him get run in and him telling me, pointing things out saying, dude, we're just, we're, we're trying to implement Vogel stuff here. Like this is the, this is what we're trying defensively. Right. So that's where, you know, yes, let's see. Let's see if he gets a job somewhere else. Um, if he wants to be an assistant, I think he could be wearing that, that Mavs quarter zip that, uh, all the people love. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the type of coach that you wait for, I think, because they wanted to bring somebody with experience. That's the whole reason why they moved on from St. Jean, decided to bring somebody else in. They're waiting for the right pl- the right coach to fill this void. Is that you need somebody that is experienced, that's been there before, that's been to a, a championship, coached playoff games at different spots. Like remember when you said, remember when we did the what's the first thing you would do if you're Nico Harrison, and I <laughs> and I started it off with. Um, I'd be calling Frank Vogel and uh, <laughs> say, do you want to be our head coach? And it could be the first official thing they do in the, in the off season is, is, is Frank Vogel, assistant, so. assistant, not head coach. Uh, but yeah, so, all right, let's get into our Anthony black profile, Anthony black, six, seven wing guard, like point forward kind of guy out of Arkansas, 200 pounds, six foot, seven and a half wingspan. So he's kind of a square in that regard. Um, We've talked about squares and rectangles. Rectangular wingspans longer. That's what they told me. That's what they told me when I did my measurements, like in uh, middle school. You ever have that thing where you have to, such a square? Yeah. Um, he's a the one sentence from the. I took a, a lot of notes from obviously Rafael Barlow, NBA Big Board, the Athletic, the Ringer draft guide, some stuff from ESPN. So a lot of this I compiled. This is not just me doing draft work, but I also watched a lot of his plays too. One sentence ex- explainer on Anthony Back Black. Big playmaking defensive guard that can thrive in any role but struggles to shoot efficiently. He also went to Duncanville High School, so I had to had to throw that into the explainer. Yeah, started off at Capel. Uh, he was a three star uh, receiver. Uh, he got offers uh, from Texas, Arkansas, Baylor as a receiver in high school. So uh, those stories are a lot of fun. Most recently, um, Anthony Edwards. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys who play multiple sports as they're growing up, but to get to that level, also to get you know offers from uh, some big schools to be a receiver, yeah. uh, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, I mean, you laid it out for for him, man. I spent you know a good two three hours the other night just <laughs> really diving into him because I love I love guys who have the natural feel for the game that just knows where to go to the right spots, knows how to. Um, run an offense. Uh, this guy is, you know, like you said, he, he's that six, six, he's that big point guard, right? He's this, right. and in this Arkansas team that, you know, it's Musselman's team. It feels like they're always good now uh, in the sec and they quietly had some like good pro players. You know, Nick Smith is you know going to be, you know, in probably a top 20 pick, something like that. Jordan Walsh, who was a standout, the combine uh, I was watching. Don't, get upset with me here during the first half of Lakers nuggets. I was watching uh, reruns of the scrimmage of one of the scrimmages of the <laughs> combine um, instead of, instead of that first half. Um, but I really like Jordan Walsh a, a lot. as my like man, a second. My man hates, 
fan jam and any kind of exhibition that any any pro team does. But as soon as a couple draft prospects get together in a room and throw some pennies on, he's like, all right, I'm, I'm, in. I'm in. I am there. I'm watching <laughs> everything it. on Synergy. Uh, but anyway, the Arkansas team was, was a lot of fun, and that was with Anthony Black kind of running the show. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, this dude can – it's not just his feel as a, as a point guard and yeah. getting everybody involved. It's also him defensively. Like I wrote down on my, like, is he a top three, like wing defender in this draft at his size, six, 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 seven. Like that's the, and the, the other part of his game that he is a really, really good defender. And he has such a good feel for the game at running that, that point guard spot. He's special, man. I mean, I, I would go as far as saying, like if 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 Houston is isn't all the way sold on Amon, I would I would really I would have the conversation. He has that like he would he would be perfect. I I think you still take Amon, but he would be perfect to bring in and say, dude, make this whole thing work. Like I saw somebody use yeah. a connector yes, and like all blue. the pieces in Houston and saying make this work. And he would be so much fun, especially at his size. He is that he has that type of player. Like a lot of the things that I saw was just like ball mover, pace. He can, he connects a lot of things. He's you put the ball. He's one of the smart, like the athletic. I think Sam Vecini said the smartest player in this draft class. Oh, dang, I believe like, that. Like that is that's something where you you bet on players like this because you're like, okay, th- this is a type of player that as long as he adds that that jumper, he could be if. If he adds that jumper, he can be really special. But if he doesn't add the jumper, I think he can still do good things in the league. So coming up, let's talk about what some what some of those things are. Strengths, weaknesses, what he could do in the NBA, and then we'll talk about the fit with Dallas uh, if the map's taken. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about game time. Game time is the place to go check out tickets for the offseason and for all kinds of other stuff. Uh, you can go check out last-minute tickets on the game time app. Go to the website. Um They've got F- FC Barcelona and Real Madrid at AT&T Stadium in July. I didn't know that, was, that was happening. They got tickets for that right now. Oh, they got Rangers tickets all the time. Oh, my gosh. Cowboys tickets are showing up on my front page for, oh, wow. for game time. 37 bucks, Patriots and Cowboys. I think October, that must be a preseason game. Okay, okay. Uh, you can go see Dead and Company with Taylor Swift's ex as one of the lead guitarists. You can go check out that. Chris Stapleton, George Strait. The Mercury at the Wings coming up uh, June 9th. You can get tickets for that on game time. All any, kinds any, of fun any stuff. Any American Idol tour? I'm not saying – not on the front page, no. You have, okay. to, you have to hit a couple yeah. pages back because no one watches that show anymore. Uh, but check it out, game time. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So snag, snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, being part of the Raccoon Squad, and being an everydayer. If you listen every day, we appreciate you. We're talking about Anthony Black. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses for Anthony Black. Let's just break down what his game is. So his strengths to me. We talked a little bit about jumbo playmaker, great feel for the game, incredible ball yeah. mover, and it's just got great space or great pace in in an offense. Like you give put the ball in his hands and he's gonna make things happen. Like listen, like when we say he has a good feel for the game, 
it's also important. It's like, I, th- I feel like some people could look at it and say like, all right, well, if you're going to be a pro, you got to feel for the game. It's different. It's kind of like the Jalen Brunson thing about coming into the, the league. And it's like, all right, like he didn't have all the, you know, extreme athletic measurements. But when you watch his game at any point in his life, you're like, dude knows how to play basketball. Like he has a feel for the game. Some guys you throw out there that has all this athleticism in the world. They could jump out of the gym, but you're like, can you figure out what the game really is about? (laughs) Are you just, we joke sometimes like just unleashing them into a basketball, you know, court. So that's why it's, it's an underrated thing of saying dude has a feel for the game. He knows how to play. It's funny because I thought about Jalen Williams from Arkansas a couple times when I was watching him. Because I'm like, oh, they're like obviously Jalen Williams uh, is is a big, and you'd say Anthony Black is a is a guard or a forward. But that same kind of feel for the game, not super athletic. I'm like, man, Arkansas must have a type with, with some of these guys, like yeah. the same sort of like super smart can you know is going to make the right pass, makes incredible passes, like some of the stuff that he was doing where he's not he doesn't have the quickest like burst, which is a weakness we'll talk about in a second, but he'll just find an angle and then hit somebody on a, on a cut real quick. There's a ton of, of cutting with Arkansas. Um, yeah. And Anthony they're, Black they're was doing some, team. some of it too. But, yeah, there, there's a lot of a lot of ball movement and defense. Yeah, you can't talk about him without talking about defense. Um, one of the best point of attack defenders in the draft, I think that was from the Athletic as well, um, and just like an incredible, incredible defender. Um, Rafael talked a lot about his defense and his defense versatility. He can guard different types of players. Uh, he's big, but he's also he's decently quick where he can stay. But he's just smart, and smart defenders I think are better in the NBA than super athletic ones that rely on their athleticism. You see, even like an Andrew Wiggins come in where he's just got all the athletic tools. But if you don't know what you're doing, you can be you can have all the athleticism in the world, and you can still get thrown out of your shoes. Uh, but if you're super smart and you know what's going to happen, even guys like like Kyle Anderson, slow mo, who may be a comp that I have for him, is somebody that can be a good defender in the NBA because. He knows he's smart enough and knows where to be and all that. Yeah, his his size, like I know you, we just throw it out there, but to be a legitimate point guard who can who can run a team at his size, you just don't get that every day. Yeah. Um, at that six six, at that six seven, uh, he led the SEC in minutes played. Uh, he was second in the SEC in assist. Um, he was also I wrote I found this he was he was listed as the number one point guard uh, prospect. Uh, according to 247 uh, going into college. So he has the pedigree. Obviously, he went to Arkansas, um, defense, all of that. So, I mean, I feel like we're hyping him up a ton. Like somebody's probably listening and saying, all right, well, why yeah. isn't he going like two? Well, let's, we talk about the weaknesses. We're talking about the strengths. <laughs> yeah. These are his strengths right now. Like this is what makes him good. Is he great ball mover, big playmaker, great defender, one of the smartest players in the draft, consistently makes the right play is another thing that I, I read a lot. And now let's talk about some of the weaknesses, some of the weaknesses because he does have yeah. weaknesses, and the reason why he's not like the number one pick, not a great shooter, only thirty two percent on jump shots. He's got a really really slow release, and he like puts it in front of his head. It's it's just like a weird kind of funky shot, and that's the that's the first weakness you point out. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that's the biggest thing for him is is the shooting. Um, even the shooting, you know, I looked at some of his numbers around the rim, and that's some of the stuff that you're like, all right. If you're six 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 seven, um, and you can't hit from the outside, can you use your body and your strength um, and your size to like get shots at the rim at will? Um, 
he doesn't have great averages even around the rim. So no, uh, it's, it's, it's not bad. saying that I, I I do think, you know, some of these people, you just got to make, you got to take the but, chance on you're like, all right, you're going to figure it out at the next level. It'll be fine. But in, We're talking about one year as a freshman in college, but it wasn't promising numbers that you're like, all right, that's definitely a weakness. Another thing that, that I saw a lot written out is that the Arkansas didn't have good spacers either. So like some of that no. stuff at the rim and things like that, like it's hard to, hold it against a guy when he's he's trying to make something happen when nothing's happening. He's having to to rush. I watch a lot of his spot-up shots, and I'm like, some of these are just yeah. – he didn't have anything else to do and had to just go make something happen because he was the guy. And so, 32% on catch-and-shoot shots. The the one problem is 70% from the free-throw line, which is not bad, but it's also not good. Uh, and he's shot low 60% range from free-throw line in high school. So that's not really a good sign either on his shooting prospects. A lot of draft scouts look at free-throw shooting. Um, and so the shooting in general, like that, that's a problem. And then the, the other thing is, remember that list that I, t- I read about all the um, rookies that played about 20 minutes or more a game in playoff series? Yeah. Tell me which one of these is not a shooter. Herb Jones, Tyler Hero, Scotty Barnes, Landry Shamet, SGA, Keegan Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Trey Murphy, Desmond Bain. Like if you're going to be a contributor early in, you know, in like on a, on a good team, you have to be able to shoot. And so – yeah, that, that's one thing that just really going to stand out. We'll talk about that with fit a little bit later. Um, I talked about his, he doesn't have a good blow by first step. And that, that concerns me too. Cause if you don't have the shooting, you don't have, a, you're not great line drive to the rim and don't have like athleticism to beat somebody off the dribble. Like at a certain point, you're, are you just a playmaking passing wing? And how long does that last in the NBA? You got to be able to do a couple things. Yeah. I don't have, I was going to segue that into a comp. Because I think there is a path for somebody like that to, gotta, to work in the league. But. I got a couple more weaknesses. Dang. All right, hater. <laughs> well, we did all the – we gushed and gushed about the strength. I don't. I actually don't have that much that I – I think for me, the whole big weakness is all about his shot. If his shot becomes above average, I think we're going to look at him and be like, dang, he should have been over the Thompson Twins. I mean, that's how much I'm about him. The last two that I had were just average finisher at the rim, which we kind of already touched on. And then plays too passive and unselfish. You see some of these guys that are just really, really good passers that don't like take for themselves. And so then when they, then when they don't, then okay. In the NBA that gets exploited because nobody's going to, nobody's going to trust you. And like, the worst example of this is Ben Simmons. <laughs> like eventually Ben yeah. Simmons was just not able to play because he couldn't get, you know, he wouldn't get to the free throw line and all that. And like, you can't just be a passer in today's NBA. So I, I think that the passivity and the unselfishness is, is something that um, is something that you just have to work on in the, in the NBA at the next level. But uh, yeah, well, you want to do comps? Yeah, let's do comps because I, I think actually what the, um, what the ringer actually put on, I, I write down a few names and then I just go around some sites and I'm right. like, all right, who has, you know, is any of them like lined up for somebody and dude, I mean, I think Lonzo is an incredible comp yeah, that, for him. That was a good one. I mean, from the size to the feel for the game, the passing, the defense. And before Lonzo got hurt, I mean, Lonzo was a pretty dang good yeah, player. Really good, yeah. Got got paid, got a, you know, over $20 million a year contract. Like that's the that's weird the shot. pathway for him. Yeah, weird shot. Um but even like Lonzo's shot came around too. So even like the um the, the numbers around the basket and stuff for Lonzo, yeah, kind of right. similar, you know, similar Anthony Black. There's so many similarities with uh with Anthony Black. I wrote down two other names. I wrote down Josh Giddy and Sean Livingston. Giddy Giddy's Sean Livingston's one that I thought I was gonna surprise you with. But yeah, he Sean Livingston after his injury. Because Sean Livingston <laughs> yeah. before was like super bouncy, could jump out of the gym. Yeah. Uh it was also like a number one prospect, but 
yeah, Sean Livingston, like after the injury where he's just a big ball mover that is really smart, doesn't really have a shot. Uh, I mentioned Kyle Anderson earlier. I think Kyle Anderson is one. Like he's, he's. Mm. I would say Anthony Black's a little bit faster than Kyle I, I'd Anderson. I'd say he's definitely faster than <laughs> Kyle Anderson. But Kyle Anderson only shot 179 threes his first five years in the NBA and shot like 28% from three his freshman year at UCLA, then shot like 48% his sophomore year. So, but like I can see where that would be a comparison because he's just really, really good feel for the game, really smart. And then those guys figure it out, which is one of the reasons why yeah. I look at him and like, okay, I, I think because they're so smart. Right. Like, that that's why they figure it out. And that's why if Lonzo didn't get hurt, he was going to be in this league for a very long time. Yeah. And there's there's that's the path for him. Yeah. Coming up, let's talk about his path into Dallas though. What would he be? Um, what was his, what is his ceiling floor? What's his availability? I went through a bunch of mocks and, and grabbed where he's going to be. And how would he fit in Dallas? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go check out Prize Picks. See what's available for you right now. They have a chance for you to win a million dollars of the daily Superflex. A million? Uh, a million, Isaac. You could also win 80000 or 16000 Go to uh, prizepicks.com slash million. If you play six correct picks, you get a million. You could win a million dollars. Place five correct picks, you could win $80,000. If you play, place four correct picks, you could win $16,000. So they'll pick one entry every day, be randomly selected. They'll be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Um, so you could potentially win that. Go check out full details available at prizepicks.com slash million. And, uh, again, you have to opt into that, prizepicks.com slash million. Uh, 100% instant deposit match up to $100. The promo code locked on is also available. So go check out those different promotions. Again, uh, prizepicks.com slash million. Use the promo code locked on. All right, Isaac Harris, we're talking about Anthony Black. We've talked about his strengths, weaknesses, who he is as a player. Now let's talk about who he could be for the Mavs and his availability. So I went through a bunch of different mock drafts. Raphael has him at nine in his latest mock after the lottery. Uh, The Ringer has him at six in their latest. ESPN had him at eight, and The Athletic had him at nine. The Athletic also put a little range under theirs as well, which I liked. Uh, I said he could be five to 12. (laughs) So so there you go, right up into your, your Rockets. Um one at four but yeah so he, he he'll be around there but Mavs will probably be one pick or two picks too low uh with if they stay with the 10th pick to get him yeah I mean I I, I don't I just don't see a world that he makes it past Washington there is, uh, there is a mock draft recently where Anthony Black was picked to the Mavs uh but yeah we, y'all be hearing about yeah, that you'll hear about that in a couple weeks um yeah, he just feels like a great pick for Washington. They need somebody like him run the point and all yeah, of that. That'd be great. Actually, uh, there's a couple other you know teams before that, but yeah, yeah. So that that's where he's going to be available. Let's talk about his ceiling and his floor. Uh, I think as his ceiling, I think he could be an all star. You talk about some of those guys we just saw, like Lonzo. His his height, his height could be an all star. Sean Livingston could have been. Um, I had another guy that I mean, you can you can roast me for this one. I'm like, is he? Like DeJounte. DeJounte. I didn't say it because I, I thought through it as we were going through it. I have early DeJounte Murray because he also didn't shoot yeah. the three. He's more athletic. Like DeJounte Murray was more athletic than yeah. Anthony Black. But still, I, I do think that that's a good comp because great playmaker. And eventually he added that mid-range game, the three-point shot. Like he worked on that's that for a damn. long time in San Antonio. So I'm with you on that one. And his shot, like DeJounte's shot was a little bit more like above his head compared to like Anthony Black's that – there's just, you know, there's yeah. some guys who don't have good shooting numbers, and you're like, ah, the, the shot still looks good. 
it's not that way really with Andy no. Black. I'm like, the shot isn't like promising for me. Um, a hitch for him love, would be an honor. <laughs> yeah, I just love everything else about him. Uh, let's talk about like uh, future role and, and like roster fit on the Mavericks. What do you think? Let's say like day one. What is he for the Mavs? If he's Listen, if, if Dallas ke- keeps the 10th pick and Anthony Black is there and they take him, the biggest thing for them is like, hey, we got our third ball handler for the future. And we have like, you know, if if we don't know what's happening with Kyrie at that point, then you got a guy on paper who like fits alongside Luca. Like he plays defense. He can run the offense. Like you're going to bring him off the bench. Even Kyrie comes, you know, you see when Kyrie comes back. He played then, great with Kyrie. Yeah. Like you, you, you have him as that third ball handler that can play the you know, perimeter defense that has the six, seven, six, seven, you know, six size. Um, th- I mean that that's the role they, and you know who else he'd play incredible next to Jaden Hardy. That's right. That's what I've written down to. I mean, the pairing of him and Hardy off the bench as like the young, the young guys, you know, duo, that would be a ton of fun. The Hardy, Anthony Black, Josh Green backcourt would be awesome because you got a lot of, got a lot I don't of how many games that's winning you, but no, but I mean like an off, an off the bench, if, if the Mavericks oh, okay. were able to add like another wing and a center and then all of a sudden your bench unit is, you know, is Anthony Black is uh, Jaden Hardy is Josh Green. You're like, okay, I'm feeling good about that now and in the future because I feel like they can work really well together. But like you said, it's like Delon Wright and Tim Hardaway. Like if you <laughs> take your glasses off, he fits so well with with um, with Jaden because Jaden Hardy is not like a point guard. We've gone over this several times that he's just he's not. He can handle the ball a little bit, and Anthony Black is not like a real point guard in the NBA either. So like both, but both of them can do just enough of that job to make it happen. And just Jaden Hardy's space in the floor around Anthony Black would be really, really great because he did not have that in, at Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Um, the roster impact. Um, I said he helps the lack of wing issue, but he doesn't solve it. Like I don't think if you're if you're bringing if you're going into next year with Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, and Anthony Black, you're like, that's it. We got the we got all the wings we need, and we're good to go, right? Yeah. Well, I I don't think it it impacts the roster a ton because you're still going to go after wings, right? The The only roster impact I think it has is now you're, you're just not going and trying to find a third ball handler. Like it probably takes some trades off the table for you. Um, that if, if you really are trying to find that third guy, um, then that's, yeah, it's more about future moves. There ain't anybody on the team that I'm looking at and saying, like, I don't think it affects Jaden Hardy at all. Cause yeah. I think Hardy's, I, I think, I think Tim's going to get traded. So it's like, you know, I, I I don't think that it really impacts, you know, them a, a ton. I think it's more about future moves at that point. Yeah. I just, I think I took roster impact as, okay, so we have Anthony black. Now, what else are we looking for? And I don't think it changes what else you're looking for. Really. No, you're still maybe, wanting wings. Like, like, yeah, maybe besides another, uh, like a, a third ball handler, but they probably still need one. <laughs> like <laughs> We talked about that a lot last season. They didn't get one and they regretted not getting one all season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, but he does help the, the depth of the wing issue because that, this is a defender that you didn't have last year, right? This is a defender that can guard, it can guard guards, can guard wings. Like yeah. him and him and Reggie Bullock could be really good defending together. Like I could, I could see them working really well together. They're a little like bit, especially if you kept Josh, like, yes. Then when you go out and look for your other wing, you want the big bodied wing. Right. And then you know what you're looking you, for. Yeah. If you could bring in a bigger bodied wing, then you're like, all right, Anthony Black, Reggie, Josh, the bigger wing, Maxi, like Covington, Batum, something, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. Something like that. 
Uh, yeah. All right. The, the questions we answer at the end of all of these. Why should the Mavs take him? Why shouldn't the Mavs take him? To me, the Mavs should take him because he's a smart wing defender with ball skills as, as a jumper, and he's an incredible piece going forward. Yeah, I mean, I echo all that. I mean, you, you want a guy who, I mean, that knows that can step in day one and run an offense, that can run the offense when Luka's out, that you can play him with Luka. I, I get the whole, I mean, we'll, we'll almost say it in like five seconds, but um, <laughs> about playing with Luka and playing off Luka and all that. But he has he has so much size that I just think there's so much other stuff that he is great at that it we can focus on the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why the Mavs shouldn't take him? All the rookies that made an impact early in the playoffs could shoot. <laughs> that, was, that was the yeah. one thing I said is that if the Mavericks are looking at this pick and saying, okay, we need this pick to make an impact early and to hopefully play good minutes for us, uh, I'm concerned about that. Yeah, uh, another reason why they should take him is I think I think Jason Kidd would play him because he can defend, right? Like yeah. I know the, I know the shot's a problem and maybe they have an issue with it going forward, but I think Jason Kidd would play him. Oh, Kidd would love him because he would be like, dude, you remind me of me. Like when you know when I when I came into the league and, and, and all of that. I mean, you look at it too of like why they should take him. It is which I know I'm going backwards here for a second. I just did is too. you look at you know everything that they wanted in Delon right and the fit next to Luca. Yeah, that's kind of the some similar things of like the Anthony Black of the bigger you know the bigger guard who can defend and kind of counter some of that stuff that you know that that Luca lacks at times even you know playing with Kyrie the reason why you don't is like you said is because the shooting is if you take a guy in the top 10 if you use this this asset this is their best asset that they have right now if you don't trade it and you use it at 10 on a player who theoretically isn't one of your top you know seven players in a playoff rotation because he can't play some of these minutes with Luca because they're just sagging off him so much it's like early like career Green. yeah like Josh Green or early career Dorian that they're just leaving him so wide open that he doesn't have the confidence he's too young and he just can't hit shots then and he just becomes a hey when Luca's off the floor type of player in a perfect world like you want to take a player that can play with Luca that you know, could could play 30 minutes a night, and it's one of those bigger-bodied wings that can also hit hit threes and all that. Like, if you had to pick one or the other, like, man, all right, if I have a prospect who can run an offense, has this great feel that can get everybody involved, or I can have a guy who can play wing defense just like Anthony Black but can, also, but can hit threes, he might not be able to get everybody involved in all of that, but he can knock down threes, you're going to gravitate towards that 3 and D type of guy over the guy who like run an offense because you already got two of those guys. So there you go. I just feel like I destroyed everything I said in the whole pod about how much I love Anthony black. Uh, where do you think it goes? Washington at eight. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think Orlando would be really intriguing. Um, I think, yeah, Wash- I don't, spot. I don't think he goes past Washington at eight. Um, I really would like to know how, Indiana plans on using Matherin moving forward because Anthony yeah. Black Halliburton backcourt would be a lot of fun. Could they run a three guard? I mean, it's Rick, so running three guards is right up his uh, his alley. But <laughs> I know Houston's too far up there. I don't think he fits with Kate at all. But man, if there was a world that Houston 
traded back from four, picked up something else, and they got Anthony Black to go with their young guys. I would, I think that's an incredible move. Let us know what you think in the comment section below. Would you take Anthony Black or who would you take over Anthony Black if he was available at ten? Uh, you can just name all the names that you'd want. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, with breaking down more on, on the Dallas Mavericks. I think we have some trades we'll talk about tomorrow. Yes, on tomorrow's show. So if you're an everyday, you'll get to hear that. And uh, subscribe to our subtext, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom.